If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. have had the pleasure of having the one, the only Emily D. Baker on our podcast so very many times. We sat down with Emily right pretty much after Jen Shaw pled guilty, right before her sentencing. We did a huge deep dive on Erica Jane. That was really why we were called together. And then the conversation just kept going. And here we are. We ended up talking about Jen Shaw. So if you want to hear everything that we talked about with Erica, what is the likelihood that Erica will ever be charged with a crime? Will she ever see the inside of a jail or a prison? Unlikely, but she has a lot of financial problems. So if you want to hear that chat with Miss Emily D. Baker, let us know. That aired at the end of last year. So check that out. But you can also DM us and we'll help you find it. And now I want to share this. How has this held up? This is literally right before Jen was sentenced earlier this year. We really sat there. We talked about the upcoming sentencing hearing, what we expected her to get. I think it's so interesting. We start to put like a number on like what attorney Emily D. Baker thought she was going to get, what I thought she was going to get. So, I mean, is everyone up on the whole thing? Jen keeps, she has someone running her social media, which she made an announcement she was going to have someone run her social media while she was away for the six and a half years, which right there, I have a problem with. I mean, well, I don't have a problem, but why do you care about your social media, girl? It's not six months, it's six and a half years. We may not even have Instagram in six and a half years, which is really freaks me out. Let's not go there. Um, God, I better back up all my pictures somewhere. But, you know, I don't know. So I just think these statements she's releasing from prison about prison life and her BFFs and I mean how hard it is and how hard it was to say goodbye to her children. I mean, I don't know, but I really just listened to this. I think it's so interesting to hear how has this held up. It was a chat between me and the amazing Emily D. Baker right before Jen was sentenced to the six and a half years. And if you want to hear part one, that's where we talked about Erica Jane. Uh, so stay tuned. I think it's so interesting in retrospect and it's always a pleasure when Emily D. Baker steps by. Enjoy. But there are a lot of questions about how Tom was moving things around in these businesses. There's a lot of questions about what debts were being written off of what companies. And that all says, you know, tax avoidance red flags. And if Erica's signing those documents, she's going to end up in the same position potentially as Teresa Judice. Because do any of us think Teresa is like the mastermind behind anything that they were doing? No, she's signing the things. She's like, whatever, I sign it. And she ended up in prison just like her husband did. So could Erica find herself in that situation because she signed those and said in her book, like, I know how much we're making. I'm signing the tax returns. That could come back to bite her. Right. It's all evidence, people. It's all evidence. Yep. Well, you know, as they say, innocent until proving guilty. But one person who we know is guilty because she admitted she was guilty is Miss Jen Shaw. I wasn't as shocked as you were, I don't think. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, to me, I you just- You saw go, the news. What happened? You saw the news that Jen Shaw pled guilty, and then what? I said, it's not about me, and I don't need to prove myself right. But I've been saying here behind the velvet rope that when the feds knock on your door, people, they don't knock for no reason. And there's a case that has been years and years and years in the making, and- do just are you innocent when the feds knock? You know, not really. So they're You're knocking like innocent until proven guilty, but <laughs> innocent until proven guilty. But this is the feds and they're knocking. And so, I mean, where did you think this was to end? And then I say, how many cases actually go to trial? And so, uh, to me, it was just like, of course, this happened on the eve of trial or right before 
yeah, you're guilty. So I don't know. I mean, I wasn't as shocked as you in the rest of, I was, I guess, shocked that it happened, but I, I really wasn't. I was more I, shocked about Erica and Tom divorcing the minute we heard that on Ian, like what? And I don't understand. And then yes, this whole shit show of three years unfolded before our eyes. I don't know. Once this happened, I was like, of course she pled guilty. Like, what is she going to go to trial? See, and I thought she was going to go to trial. I, but maybe it was just part of my deep desire for this to happen so much because I wanted to hear Stu testify. I wanted to know what Stu knew. I was ready to be in New York for the trial. I was ready for this trial to happen. So maybe it was part of my own um, disappointment that we're not going to get to see this evidence come out. But also she was so animate about, I am innocent. I am going to trial. I am being set up. Um, she was selling shirts and then to get down to it and plea, it, it was telling to me that it was the first time she was in the courtroom. The first time she kind of saw the prosecutor, the judge. And that was like the week before she pled. I think that last pretrial conference gave her some of the, Oh, this is real. Cause because of COVID she'd been doing everything by zoom from Utah it's a lot different when you're zooming into a courtroom and kind of watching it unfold than when you're actually there with the judge looking down at you from the bench saying, do you understand how much time you are facing? Do you understand what this looks like? And when you looked at how big the restitution was, then it makes sense. Do you spend that money on a trial or do you just start chipping away at that massive amount of restitution? It's a lot of restitution. Like nine something, right? Yeah, like over 9 million, which, you know, indic- and this is, on top of all the other defendants who have had millions in restitution, how much money was taken in this case? We've never gotten a total figure, but we're now, I mean, you have to assume in the tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions, based on the amount of restitution in these cases. And that's what that means as far as like where we see a nine, that means that she made at least $9 million. Someone knows this for basically- short They they believe that she took- wow more than that because they're asking for restitution of nine million um because you also have all the other defendants so you've now got this restitution kind of stacking up in the amounts that they're going after and they're we haven't seen Stu sentenced yet um well we haven't seen jen sentenced yet either it'll be interesting to see how much restitution he gets or how much restitution is asked for from him but it's a fair bit of restitution. She's going to go to prison. And so when she took this plea, she had to know this is not just $9 million, but it's $9 million and I can't work and I'm going to prison. Do you think that she has $9 million like just sitting around? I have no idea. I'm. I, it's odd to me um, that they seemed to not have a ton of fixed assets. And that's what came out through this. I mean, it was Stu the feds put in the forfeiture order, his house and other things like that. But there wasn't that same thing with Jen. They weren't listing properties. So does she not have those? Was she treating, you know, the money coming in like water and it was coming in and getting spent so that it could never be tied down? Or are those assets elsewhere that haven't been identified? Who knows? Who knows? And when I feel like it was maybe a flowing river, it was like, it's, there's more coming. So we'll just you know, throw a $60,000 birthday party, live in the Shaw Chalet, shop till we drop, have six assistants and, and the river is never going to, you know, dry up. Which is complete arrogance, Mm -hmm. which that's, you know, to your point where there's these zooms and then she's in a courtroom. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's the point that where she said, this is real, but I've been saying all along, a, I thought she was, you know, I, that didn't shock me that she pleaded guilty, but I got the sense from her more so than Erica, maybe that she just truly feels like, what did I do wrong? Like I, I personally believed her. And I want to know your thoughts. Like when she looks at Andy Cohen and the cast and she's like, I'm innocent. Like, do you think that she thought she was innocent or, and there's no right answer. Or do you think she knew she wasn't? And she just was Jen Shaw. Hello. Reality stars don't go to prison, baby. I think she thought she was being unfairly targeted by the feds and, you know, this is what everybody does and this is how marketing practices work. And you say fraud, I say marketing. And we had already seen the FCC and the FTC get involved with her and depose her and Stuart Smith. When he pled guilty, they added a charge for um, perjury 
in connection with lying under oath in that investigation. So she'd already been investigated by a government agency where they're saying this isn't this isn't okay. This is beyond marketing practices. And then she kept going. So at some point when you choose to keep going, you have to be aware that the government thinks that you're wrong, even if you think that you're right. I think that Jen thought she was smarter than everybody and that it's all fine and they just don't understand. And so what if the FTC tries to fine us again for marketing practices, whatever they fine us, like in the amount of money that you're making, are you willing to pay the fines and be like, oh, that's the cost of doing business. It's fine. I I really think that's where she, she was, but they did change their business practices after that, as alleged by uh, the feds, not just in the press release they put out after she pled, but also in the initial investigation. After that deposition, she started to use encrypted messaging so that it was harder to trace. They changed the way they formed their companies. So she was doing more to hide it. If you think that they're wrong and you're right, why take more efforts to hide it? I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority, and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water, and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes, and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. So I've lately gone down a rabbit hole because I've discovered that, first of all, do you realize we spend an average of 90% of our time indoors? Okay, no big deal, right? Well, according to the EPA, indoor air could be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And in some cases, 100% more polluted. Now, wait, I have something else to tell you. According to the 2020 census report, yes, I told you I went down a rabbit hole. Nearly half the population are living in areas with unhealthy levels of ozone or air pollution. So then a friend of mine is like, well, you need to look into an air purifier. Now, I've never had an air purifier before, so what do I know? Well, my research led me to Air Doctor. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so your lungs don't have to. Their classic Air Doctor 3000 purifier is powerful enough to circulate the air in a 630 plus square foot room four times per hour. Air Doctor comes with a no questions asked 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code VELVET. And depending upon the model, you'll receive up to 40% off. You're saving up to 40% off. Lock the special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use code VELVET. That's A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code VELVET. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. I do think that there's a lot of her that was just like, you're right, you say fraud. I say just, you know, these are smart business practices. Like I didn't force anyone to give me the money, you know, like why you don't have to give me the money if you don't want it. Like I didn't do anything wrong. You handed the money over to me. So what? It's your problem. I, I think she really thought that she was right. And yet, and then like, well, they don't agree with us, even though we're right. So let's hide this. Like, I think it was like a little bit of both. Like, I mean, you have valid points. Like, why would you do this stuff if you really thought you didn't have anything to hide? But I think she thought she was right, but that they didn't agree with her. She doesn't want to get hassled by the FTC again. She's like, look, we'll just get harder for them to come after me. We've learned. It's it's interesting in fraud cases. There's there's definitely some um, personalities that you see over and over again. We see it with Tom Girardi and and Jen Shaw, the the outsized level of of arrogance is is different. The I'm right, everyone else is wrong. And a lot of people are like, how do you sleep at night doing this? It's like, because they don't think they're wrong. They don't think they're wrong. That's how they sleep at night. Everyone else is wrong and they're right. And and you know, that's that's 
not uncommon in fraud cases. I would agree. And then whether you trick your mind to think that or not is another story. But I think I think you truly don't think you're wrong. And then I also think when there's $9 million, $13 million, $17, when it starts adding up, you really just lose. And you're like, well, I'm really, I'm really like you trick your mind. And you're like, I can't even think about that because this I can't. It's like a combination of everything. It'll be interesting to see because I think they will end up filming. She's going to be sentenced at, in November. So I think they're, we're going to see more from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City running up to this. And I imagine ratings will be good because people are like, look, now we know she pled guilty. Let's see what she said in the time running up to that guilty plea. I'm going to be tuning in to find out. I How did Meredith Marks end up being in New York with her on the eve of trial? Like what went down over this season that those two have gone from who's calling who a fraud, love you, to her being there in New York, getting ready for this trial to happen. What went down this season? Right. Everyone wants to know. And I imagine Bravo, I don't know if they have to. I mean, it's in your contract. You have to show up to film. And I'm sure they're like, okay, scene. Okay, Jen, we're going to Meredith's house and Lisa's yeah. going to be there and Everett. So we're going to have a scene now where you sit down and, you know, I'm sure the girls are like, wait, what? I mean, it's going to be so, it's going to be a blockbuster. And I'm sure the, it will be right towards the end. I mean, I wonder if they'll tease it again, where you're going to see the opening scenes for Salt Lake City being the women finding the news that she's pled guilty. And then they're going to be like two months earlier, the same way they did with the arrest. I imagine that's how this season will go. I am. I didn't even think of that, but I imagine it's going to be exactly that. Yes. It needs to be Bravo. It needs to be start with the women finding out that she's pled guilty and then wind it back from there because that's where you end the season. You end the season on the guilty plea. And if they pick up a next season to go through her sentencing and the fallout from there, then you do that. Cause even this is look, federal white collar crimes are different. And even when she's sentenced, there is still a very real possibility that she will have a month or two or more before she has to turn herself in. They like schedule you for when you're going to go to prison the same way we saw with the Judices. So there's still a potential that she'll be able to film And then from the prosecutor's perspective, it's like, well, if that money's going to this restitution, like let her finish the season and then turn herself in because at some point this money's got to get paid and she's not a flight risk if she's filming with Bravo. And could they say, could she, could Bravo get involved and say, you know, because she does get, you get paid your bonus when you go to the reunion, you get paid. Could they say like, you know, just let her do the, get through the reunion. Like we, she has to be at the reunion. Like could Bravo or her or someone now deal with the sentencing and when you go to prison, not the sentence, but like when you go I don't to know if the, I think she and her lawyers can ask. I don't know if the judge would be inclined, but I imagine that they're able to set up her to be on a Zoom call and Zoom. Can you imagine her Zooming into the reunion from federal prison? Like, I think that's much more compelling. Put her on a screen. Honey, that would be the highest rated reunion in the history of, but Teresa never Zoomed in or they didn't film her. I mean, you know, I mean, like she can't still be on this show for season four, right? When she's in prison. I can't imagine that that she would be or that that's something she would even want to do because then again, you've got to look at, you know, does Jen want to be on camera? No makeup. You know, at some point, I don't know how long she'll be sentenced for, but it is going to be upwards of five years, possibly upwards of seven to 10 years. You know, you're not getting Botox. You're not getting filler. You're not getting facials. You're not having, you know, a glam squad, no hair extensions, uh, no hair dye generally. So do you want to be on film while you're going through that? I would imagine the answer is probably no. Uh, honey, I don't know. I, I might have to. Uh, yes. With a lot of people. I don't know about Jen Shaw. I think she would be on camera. You think she's orange. ready for it? I think she's ready for it. We'll either have a tan jumpsuit or orange. Yeah, I didn't even think about the no hair dye or any of that or the Botox, but this, I mean, you don't get Botox in prison, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and this is the thing, the Jen Shaw that goes in is going to be a different person than the Jen Shaw that comes out. And I'm sure that she will write a book and and be doing all of that in prison. I'm sure she will be doing yoga, you know, just like, just like Teresa was. She's going to have to find a way to keep her mind occupied and past her time. And I'm sure she will come out more passionate about um, social justice and prison reform. I, I imagine Jen's going to learn a lot from the other women uh, in custody with her. 
you think you think there's a soul in there. And I'm not being like, I'm not being shady, but you think there's a soul in there where she could be reformed. I mean, she's not go well, I think she's going to learn a lot. She's not going in for, you know, a few months and then coming out. This is going to be her life for a number of years. I think you you are she's going to be changed by that experience. Um and and hopefully it it changes the directory, the trajectory of her life. But prison for most, it's not supposed to be the end. It's supposed to punish what you're doing and allow you to rehabilitate and move on. Do I think Jen will ever see that she was in the wrong? No. Um, I think she's going to come out saying, look, there's these other people for white collar crimes too. This is ridiculous. What's the government even doing? Um, but I, I think we'll see an interesting side of her if anybody even wants to see that when she comes out. And that's got to be a fear of hers, right? I mean, yes. Listen, we, I, we talk about it all the time. I mean, I hate to break it to all like the 20 somethings that are listening, which recently I found out there are a lot, which shocks me. Hi. Right. Like Hello, that, children. <laughs> that's Emily. That is exactly what I said. I, was, I had an episode. I don't know how I, I said no one listens in their 20s. And I did a call out. I've never received so many DMs in my life. Hey, I'm 24. I'm, less, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, know, I, had, I made a joke. I made a joke about my audience and all of us being kind of like around the same age and me in my mid 40s. And so I kind of went from like mid 30s to like mid fifties. I'm like, you know, all of us, we understand we've all seen Top Gun one and two. And I got a lot, a lot of people reaching out being like, girl, no, I was born after you graduated from law school. And I'm like, wait, what? I no. And so, yeah, I, I'm always surprised by the, the young, the younger folks in my audience that are like, no, I haven't seen Clueless yet. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? I get it. Cause I, I don't, I don't even know how it came up. And then, you know, I was like, what 22 year old is watching housewives. Come on. No one's it's right. 30 something to like 50 something. And, you know, on, and you know, I have some in the sixties, but then no, 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 all these people. And I was like, the next episode was like, I, I got a, I got a shower. I got it. I got to try now. Like I didn't realize like there's actually like our youth, our hey. youth, like, right. Like, Hey, like we're cool, man. Like I had no idea. I thought, you know, all my 40 something year old ladies are supporting me. Now we got 20 somethings here. Yep. All your 40 year old ladies. I'm right here with, but, the with the purple hair. No, but I say all the time, like housewives is not, you know, sorry, 20 somethings where you haven't had like a major loss in your life. Like the real world is gone. Like housewives will not be on forever. So I mean, I don't know. Is Salt Lake City Housewives going to be on when Jen Shaw gets out of prison? I would bet to say no, but I would bet to say no, too. And it's just the you know, it depends on how long she gets. But the world changes. And we've seen so, so much has changed in the last few years that we've seen rapid changes and not just society and culture, but in the, you know, political landscape, environmental landscape. There's been so much change. You don't know. And the world you you know, you, Jen Shaw goes in to, to custody probably in early 2023. How many years does she get? And when she gets back out, what does the world look like? It's going to be different. And I imagine that she has to be a little worried about relevance. You know, Teresa Judice was not in that long, still very relevant when she got out. It's, it's different. You know, Martha Stewart too, not in that long. Um, and Martha Stewart absolutely got the short end of the stick from the other. She got the most prison time out of anyone that was involved in this thing. But that is a whole nother story for another day. But she wasn't in that long either. So she comes out, becomes friends with Snoop Dogg, and her career bounces. It's great. I don't know if Jen's going to have that same trajectory depending on how much time she gets. I, I agree. Martha was a shorter period of time, like Teresa. I mean, why? So what is the motivation? Because I mean, is with Jen Shot, is it that there were two cases against her? It could have been 30 something years. One of them is now dropped and what the max sentence could now be like, I think 15 years. Uh, I think the max is 30 on the one count. She's not wow. going to get anywhere near to that. Um, financial crimes don't. She doesn't have any prior convictions that we're aware of. We're going to start to see sentencing reports probably in the beginning of October, but the other co-defendants have gotten years and they're saying she's the most culpable. So is it realistic to see her in that seven to 10 year range? Probably based on what other defendants have gotten. This is three sets of prosecutions across 10 plus defendants, each, each prosecution. And they're saying she's one of the most culpable. So they're going to be arguing for more time, but they're not going to ask the government said they're not going to ask for more than 14. Could the court sentence her to more? Yes. Are they going to? No. 
Absolutely not. And so what's the motivation like right before trial to plead guilty rather than roll your dice? Is it just, it is a lesser sentence. And if you go to trial and you're found guilty, you know what I mean? Like what, what is it the money? Like we have to pay back $9 million. Let's save this. I'm going to lose anyway. Or is it like, well, maybe there'll be a little bit more because you can go to trial and still get a lesser sentence. Right. Even if you're found guilty. Could it's, it's, unusual if the government's made an offer that you would get less time than that offer after you've gone through trial, which always kind of sits wrong with me. Cause it's like, if you, you have the right to a trial, you're innocent until proven guilty. You shouldn't be punished for exercising that. Right. But again, once all the evidence is out, the judge has heard everything that you've done now. So that's in their mind that they know it all. I think for Jen Shaw, she had to balance the stress on her family and her kids of her going through trial, the money it's going to cost to go through this trial, which is hundreds of thousands of dollars to go through a trial like this for six weeks um, of a federal fraud case. And then you've got to look at what's going to be known about you and what you've done after this trial, because there's going to be people sitting in that courtroom every single day reporting out what's going on. You're going to hear what Stuart Smith says on the stand. Is it better that that never sees the light of day? Because if you plead, none of that comes out. The judge doesn't know more about the case. There's not more, you know, detail in the, in the public and you can start to move on. So I think it's money, privacy, stress, stress on her family. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the thing that changed her mind is really protecting her kids and her husband. So that even while she is, you know, dealing with being punished for the things that she's done, they can move on. You never know what's going to come out at a trial that could be damaging. And you don't want something that's going to, you know, potentially put Sharif in the crosshairs at work either, you know? Well, that was my next question. What I've been saying, well, you know, we have this thing. I know they're totally different cases. You know, does Erica know? Does Erica know? I mean, could it have been at trial that now Sharif gets dragged into this or no, that was no chance of that happening. Like, did Sharif know anything? I mean, I mean, I he's know. not going to get dragged in and be prosecuted, but could it come up what he knew, what he didn't know po- that's possible. I mean, he is, he is an attorney. I don't know if he's a practice. I don't think he's still a practicing attorney, but there's no way he didn't know what was going on with the FTC investigation and those depositions. Your spouse doesn't get deposed without you chatting about it when you also have training as a lawyer. I can't believe that. But Sharif also has stayed pretty silent to it. He doesn't get into stuff on social media. He's not the one on the show. And he's been like, hey, we're going to figure it out. And so the audience has definitely not treated Sharif and Erica the same at all. No, I think it's a double standard. And do you think he's going to figure it out? I mean, Lots of people think this marriage is like going to go down within minutes. I don't know. Um, It seems like they've been through a lot together. And because Salt Lake City is a new franchise, we don't really know. I mean, how much do you ever know what's going on? I was was surprised like you when Erica filed for divorce from Tom Girardi. It's like, wait, what? So do we ever really know? I don't know. But um, it, it, it... being having somebody in prison for that many years can absolutely pose challenges on a marriage. Um, but is, is that something he can weather their kids are a bit older. He's not stuck at home with young children. He can work and be with his kids. We'll see. I you just know? wonder if, well, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, I just no, no, wonder I was... if, like, I know she's pled guilty and the, you know, it was asked a million times. Do you understand what you're pleading guilty? Do you understand this? Do you understand what you did is wrong? Do you? Yes, yes, yes. I just, I wonder if she now understands like, you know, seven to 10, like 10 years is 10 years. Like, you know, like if you knew it was coming, you're not happy, but it's, I think until you're there, it hasn't really hit you until you're like sleeping on your second night and you're hearing screaming down the hall or I mean, whatever it is you know, your Botox is wearing off. Like until you're there, I don't know if it hits you like 10 years is like 10 years. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's hit her that like, you're really not going to get a year. Like, I wonder if she still thinks, I mean, you yes, you think she has a team that's explaining this to her. Like, this isn't, you're not Teresa. This isn't 17 months or whatever. 
You guys all know that I've been on a health kick since October, and that involves everything, how much I exercise, what exercise equipment I use, what I eat, and it also involves my pans. Now, not that domestic, you guys know that, but when I do cook at home, I need pans that don't stick. Well, here's the thing. Did you know that most traditional nonstick pans were made with plastic coatings that turn toxic when you heat them up? No, thank you. Green Pan has introduced new ceramic nonstick cookware that is made without forever chemicals. So as it heats up, there are no chemicals and they have over 150 patents to prove it. They're the leaders in creating cookware without harmful toxins. And that's all I need to know to sign me up. Cooking with ceramic does matter because it doesn't emit fumes when it's cooked and no chemicals. They also carry kitchen appliances like slow cookers and waffle makers. It's 2023. If you're still cooking with pans made out of plastic, what are you doing? Head to greenpan.us and use promo code VELVET and you'll receive 30% off your entire order plus free shipping on orders over $99. That's right, 30% off. When you buy one pan or a whole set, that's 30% off. So head to greenpan.us and make sure to use our promo code VELVET. So the other night I have 10 people on the way over to watch Vanderpump Rules because now that we have the scandal and Tom cheated on Ariana with Raquel, I'm officially having watch parties for Vanderpump Rules. So I have 10 people on their way over. I have a bunch of pizzas being ordered. The pizzas are on the way and I realize I don't have enough alcohol. And I'm a good host. I don't care what you say about me. So I'm not providing food without alcohol. But I didn't panic. I just turned to drizzly.com and everything was solved. Drizzly is the most convenient way to buy beer, wine, and spirits with delivery to your doorstep in under 60 minutes. It's the number one app for alcohol delivery. There's such a variety. I got a bunch of red wine, a bunch of white wine, rosé. I got some vodka. I was running low on tequila. They have it all. I even got some cognac for after dinner. It was a great evening. So listen, if you don't want to go to the liquor store and you want your life to be a little more convenient and to have the alcohol come to you, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And, and really, she might still be optimistic that this is all just going to be like, oh, you know, it's fine. Look at it's 9 million in restitution. We'll pay the restitution to do that. I have to work. They're not going to sentence me to this long. I think sentencing is going to be very interesting for Jen and seeing what happens after that will be very interesting. And I don't know if it ever sinks in that the amount of, of really trouble that she is facing and the amount of, of seriousness, the severity of it. I don't know if that will sink in until she's, you know, in prison, can't leave, isn't having the, you know, privacy she is accustomed to when she showers or uses the restroom. Um, it's it's not, it's going to be a big wake up call. And hopefully she takes a little time to talk to people that have been in federal prison to at least start to mentally prepare herself for what this is going to be like. Yeah. Maybe not Joe Judice. I think that's his new business. Maybe not. Maybe not him, but is that his new business? I didn't even know. Is that his like giving like consulting with people? Consulting. Yes. Wow. I saw, I saw, gosh, I saw that on social media a while ago and I was like, that's interesting. But there are consultants who help people figure out what this process is going to be like, especially when you're looking at white collar crime. A lot of white collar criminals have not been around uh, the prison and jail system in their life and don't really know what to expect. And I hope that people help her mentally prepare um, for what she's going through. I think if you're, yeah, I think if you're serious, you go to one of these consultants, but there are a lot of people out there that are just going to go to Juicy Joe instead. I'm sure they will. But you know what? Maybe that's the best place. I want them to film that. If Joe and Jen Shaw do a sit down on like life in lockup, I would, gosh, I would watch it because I'm a trash person. (laughs) I would absolutely watch it. But Who's going to know what it's like to be a reality star that has to go behind bars other than Joe and Teresa? Well, listen, she loves headlines. So, I mean, if you, if she even contact, whatever it is, I don't care if it's a five minute zoom, this will go viral for juicy. And for, I mean, he, he should actually reach out to her for this business and just do it pro bono because this is your, this I'm Cause I didn't even know this was his new business. I'm a trash person too. Where are the cameras down in the Bahamas? Let's give him his own damn reality show about like rehabilitating, like, you know, his life and, you know, talking to people that are about to go into prison. That's a show that I would I mean, watch. I, I absolutely want to know what advice he has to give because he was not just in federal prison, but was also in an ICE detention facility, which are not, not the same as federal prison. No. Federal prison was a lot 
um, more structured, organized, and safe than than the detention facilities. So he's been through uh, quite a lot as well. And when you're looking at financial crimes, I mean, yes, the the victims of Jen Shaw absolutely have to rebuild. She scammed a lot of people. Um, so when I mean when we're talking about what she's facing, it's because she's the reality TV star and her life is going to be upended. But she upended quite a lot of lives as as we're looking at it. And she's going to this is kind of the retribution for here's a taste of kind of the upending that you caused. And that'll be interesting to see play out. And you think it's, there's no, I mean, you can't predict for sure, but you think it, we're not talking like three years. Like you think it's really in the 10 year range. I mean, I would be surprised if there was, I think that seven year, seven to 10 is kind of where we're at. Could it be five? Maybe, but that's what some of the other defendants have gotten. And this is again, based on what the other defendants have been sentenced to and what the government has said about her level of responsibility. You know, there should be a a tiered system where it's like, look, the people who are most responsible for this, the ringleaders of this get more time. They cause the most damage. And it's been said that Jen is the one bringing people in. They're not going to be defrauded if she's not bringing them in. So is the court going to take that seriously? Yes. Is it going to be anywhere close to the maximum sentence? No, it's still federal white collar crime and federal sentences for that tend to be lower than other types of crime. And even if it is five years, I mean, the world still changes That's, a lot. And and your kids grow a lot. Like five years out of your life is still five years out of your life. So why, or do you think, is there any part that you think, I mean, I think a little, like the world to me doesn't seem as harsh, the Bravo world on Jen, the, the fans, the trolls, whatever you want to call them there's people that are repulsed by her. It doesn't seem as intense as the hatred and vitriol to Erica Jane. When Jen has, has done the thing. Jen's done the thing and pled guilty. It doesn't seem, it it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it, but no, Jen is the first half. I mean, other than, you know, Luann and, and other, other more minor kind of levels of, of run-ins with the law. Jen was federally indicted for two very serious financial crimes, pled guilty to it as facing prison time and people just aren't as riled up about it. I wonder if it's because she's been on the show a shorter amount of time. I wonder if it's because on social media, she really said, I'm innocent and I'll prove it. I I just don't know why the difference. I don't know if it's how they handled themselves. I don't know if it's because people feel more betrayed by Erica because they were really rooting for her and she's been in the cast much longer. It's very strange to see the differences between the two. I think so too. And like, I get it, like Erica's social media behavior. I don't think Jen's is much better. I mean, she posts party pictures. Every other thing is Gucci, Gucci. She's, she's selling oh, there's those- definitely the money. Yeah. Yeah. And she's selling the t-shirts. I mean, like when she was selling them, it's kind of like, you know, like, I don't know, her behavior- isn't so much better than Erica's. You can't even say, well, Erica's behavior since she found out about this is repulsive. Jen's ain't so great either. I mean, personally, I give her points for a dark blue suit. I don't know. I, that Gucci bag, I would have left that at home, honey. That's just all me. of it. Leave all the bags at home. Yeah. Um, and that's a very, it's a very fair, it's a very fair point um, that Jen's hasn't been great either. But it also, I don't know, is there a dynamic where when the government's prosecuting somebody that people are like, you know what, F the government, they're just coming down on everybody. With Erica, you see the faces of the victims of Tom Girardi in things like The Housewife and The Hustler. Like you can put people to it, people who were very substantially injured that went to him. It, it, I just wonder if that's part of the dynamic too, is that people can identify with the victims of Tom more readily than the people defrauded by Jen Shaw because they're still kind of faceless and nameless. But in The Housewife and The Hustler, they brought out, you know, Joe Rue Gomez. People got to know his story and see what happened to him with Tom Girardi. And I think that, excuse me, I think that also brings a face to it where people can connect to the victims um, in a different way than they can in Jen Shaw's case. Although we saw like one or two in the Shaw Shocker. Those weren't her victims though. Those were victims of other fraud crimes because she was still pending trial. I didn't even realize that, I don't think. 
Oh, interesting. Maybe that's it. It just, it doesn't. I'm glad you agree. It makes no sense to me. Why does everyone hate Erica? And Jen, it seems like the hatred is not there. And she actually did this and admitted it. Whereas we don't know what Erica knew or didn't know. Like we really don't. It's not the same. And that, that has to be frustrating to watch, but it's just, I I don't know if it's because the franchise is newer and Jen does not have quite the public profile that Erica does. I really don't know. It's, it, it is confusing to me. How bad is it, you know, like Kelly Dodd said this when she was on my show, you know, her point is like, you know, listen, I think Kelly Dodd was let go for a lot of reasons. We don't even need to get into all those. And that's not even a slight against her. I mean, we could talk about that all day. Does Heather Dubrow coming back have anything to do with it? She thinks it's a lot. Because I could see Heather being like, I'm not, I'm not, I will not be associated with this. I could see her having her 100 being like, I'm not, she's a liability. (laughs) And Heather has said on this podcast that absolutely she did not say that. I am not a producer. I do not have that. Fine, we all, we get it. But I mean, they wanted Heather back at that time, period, the end. We all wanted to see the house. I wanted Heather back too. I know you get to have the best conversations. I'm like, the fact that I get to sit here and chat with you, you get to chat with everybody. I just, I feel special to get to have a, have a chat with you after you've talked to everybody. I mean, listen, I judge people based on how they are here. And Heather Dubrow, two for two, has been nothing. Yes, there's a microphone and a camera and all that. And I get it. And people know how to turn it on. But I don't know. We're lawyers, Emily. And we can read through all that BS. And I'm sorry. Heather was great to me twice. So I'm just going to go Why are you saying I'm sorry? That's your experience. There's a lot of people that are like this and that about Heather. I'm like, I don't see it. Yeah, she has a ton of money. So, I mean, I would be like, I'm rich. Sorry. Right. I have a champagne button. I mean, look, the, the thing that doesn't affect the, the absorbent or extraordinary wealth doesn't offend me with Heather. It doesn't like you see how they worked. You see how much Terry works. I, I'm just I'm not offended. That's how she wants to live her life. And part of Housewives is that peek into this life that you or it used to be this peek into this life you can't even imagine and that was literally the whole point of housewives we want to see rich people shit and we want we want the craziness and that's what i love about gina so much on the show is her being like can i just move into your bathroom like somebody needs to be the voice of the audience and i loved gina walking us through that and being like there's a champagne but like i can't fathom this life and right. i've i've loved that so much about bringing Heather back on to Orange County is you get to see this this peek into how people live that you never get to see really it it feels very MTV Cribs but on Bravo for me I agree and I mean I think it's also I think Heather's just look there's a lot of rich people who are sloppy and they don't have the Heather just has that OCD type A and so she just makes it look easy like you could give someone like as as Luann says money can't buy you class there's a lot of rich people that just I just Heather's just good at keeping it all together and a well-run house and everything needs to be that's just her thing I mean I I'm jealous I I I wish I was so organized and rigid and like I I am but then everything falls apart by like 12 and I'm like this place is a freaking mess like where you need your assistant to take care of the rest of it and the chefs from Nobu to bring in the exactly and yes it does help that Heather has a gazillion people doing a gazillion things but she's still good at it she is good at it she makes it look easy and effortless and she always it it is again aspirational television but that's not what we were talking about i've sidetracked the champagne button always gets me the etched the etched tree we needed we needed the house back we needed to see the rest of it so that and then we'll go back that that opening scene where she walks in and they show the heels and i'm back i mean i told her this i was like i just like was screaming at the top of my lungs it was such a good scene like it was was perfect what was i gonna say no but kelly so right kelly says you know she has reasons off the show and Kelly says like, I don't understand it. You know, they employ criminals or alleged criminals and I'm fired. So her argument is always like, Erica has a job. Jen has a job, but I don't. Teresa has a job, but I don't like, is there a double standard? Like is Bravo the liable ever for anything that these people do? Like, is there, is there any risk? I think Bravo's held responsible to their audience. I don't think Bravo bears any risk. I think the women bear the risk of what's caught on film and what's known. I mean, you know, when you see the bankruptcy trustee knocking after Erica's ring and earrings, they know a lot of what she possesses because of how much of her life's been filmed on the show. Um, We see, you know, Jen Shaw 
struggling to explain exactly what she does and being like, oh, we own the algorithm that does this and this and that. It's lead generation. Well, it kind of is lead generation, just not strictly in the legal sense of, of the word. And so I think the women bear the risk more than Bravo does. I mean, Bravo's like, we're capturing it on film. If you subpoena us, here's the film. But they're not, I mean, at the end of the day, if the audiences are still watching, I think that's how Bravo's making their decisions. Yeah, that's like what I always say. You know, people call for this one to be fired. And this, I'm like, let me tell you, A, Bravo's not listening. Like, they're they're not firing Erica Jane just because you're pissed off. And you're still going to watch. And that's, you can hate her all day. Like you say, it's like hate watching. Which can't be fun for her to experience. But again, they gave a four-part um, a four-part reunion to Beverly Hills and Erica's on, you know, social media being like, why is there a four-part reunion? Oh yeah, me. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. That's where the rumor is. She got more money a little bit for that whole reunion, which I agree. She, I, need. I, she needs it and I would want the money. It is going to be interesting on Salt Lake though, just to see the women, you know, Meredith. I mean, I, I know Meredith, I've had her on, but like, you know, she's all about like, the truth and equality like it's just I wonder if this season we're going to see a different thing once she pleads guilty even though the season is kind of well and wrapped and now they're kind of extending it of just like we all kind of went to bat for you like I imagine there's there can be a feeling of betrayal and it's always I think it's a it's tenuous for the women to talk about because Social media is going to say, look, there are victims of these crimes that have been very much impacted. This isn't about you, but it also is happening to the women on the show where they feel betrayed by someone they know, and they are on a reality show. So if they believed Jen, and I think some of the women absolutely are like, we believe you, we believe you. It's, you know, it's a witch hunt. They're coming after you. And then to have her turn around and plead guilty, especially if they didn't have a heads up. And in close in time on social media, they had just been standing up for her on social media and saying, you know, we're supporting her. Jen's going to trial. And then like a day or two later, it's like Jen Shaw pleads guilty. I imagine that would be tremendously embarrassing and frustrating to be like, wait, I'm putting, you know, my neck out for you on social and saying, you know, you have the right to a trial, innocent till proven guilty. I'm, I'm here for you. And then you turn around and plead guilty. Could you have given a girl a heads up? And it'll be interesting to see it play out and how the women deal with it. Cause it's going to catch them off guard to have someone, you know, saying, no, I did this when you really believe them and thought that they didn't. And that will be an interesting dynamic. And we've seen it play out with Andy too. How so on his, on his podcast and on, you know, he was like, I I made a statement. I'm kind of caught off guard. This is it's different. It's different when it's, you know, someone, you know, and they're protesting, you know, this is not me. I did not do this. And then they turn around and plead guilty. It catches you off guard. So we're watching humans have human experiences. And I think that's what we're going to see in Salt Lake. Totally. Final few questions. Do you, who do you think is next? We had the shock oh, shocker. We had who's next, who's living. I mean, I have my own answer. I mean, I've already been blocked for my own answer. So I might as well just wait, reveal. what's your answer? I don't know what your answer is. I think, I mean, I, I would have said Mary Cosby, but she's off the show. So like, let's not, let's, I think Dorit and PK have a house of cards over there in Beverly Hills. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Then I see PK pulling out Melissa Etheridge and I'm like, maybe there is more than just boy George. And maybe PK is like a really big deal that does a lot of things. And is really one of these like LA read guys that's truly connected in the music industry and legitimately has a ton of money. I don't understand it. That's just me. It's, don't it's understand. A, Dorit and PK are an inter, are still an interesting bunch. I can't, I don't know. I think everyone's going to have, you know, when you get into these businesses, there are going to be civil things. And we've seen that with Dorit's swimsuit line and business partners. And we're going to see some of that, but I really, I don't know. And I don't wish it on anyone. Look, if you know that it's a house of cards, don't be on reality TV, but that's where the arrogance comes in. That's where the, I know better than everyone comes in. And that ends up often being the downfall. So that's the best part about reality TV is you never know what's going to happen next. It's why I cover pop culture legal. You never know what's going to happen next. 
Speaking of arrogance, I had them on my show. They were a little more canned than most guests, but what about like the Chrisleys? Like you knew you, 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 right. I mean, you're, they're found guilty. Here's, here we have a case of an actual trial. They went to trial. Yep. So, I mean, they're kind of fucked too, right? I mean, they're, they're definitely going to probably go to prison. I don't know if they will. What'll be interesting is do the Chrisleys go to prison longer than Jen Shaw or not as long as Jen Shaw? They are facing substantially more time um, because there's more. And again, the feds will come for their money and it's wild, but they were like, look, we thought what we were doing was right. Like business, business, business. We thought what we were doing was fine. It's not. And so that's where we're at. Reality TV, man, it's, it's an interesting thing. I can't imagine opening up my life like that and then being at the mercy of somebody else's camera and editing. I can't imagine it. Um, but I truly can't imagine it when you've already got the government investigating things. It's wild. Right. It's just, it's the arrogance. You truly, feel, it's either, listen, it's either the arrogance that you just truly feel you're wonderful and special and it's not coming for you. Or it's just, as I say, the most addictive drug in the world, Emily, is fame. It is not money. It is not cocaine. It is not crack. I say it's fame for most, for a lot. Maybe not. Okay. Let's put it all those in the same category, but the fame drug, like a gen shot, you mean to tell me that it's, she didn't care. It never it would never have stopped her. I think even if this was so here, not being sentenced, but even if her case was like a year advanced, I think she still would have said yes to the housewives. I don't, I cannot see a world where she would have said no. That, that it just was like, uh, to be a housewife, I don't think anything could have stopped her. I mean, which, which I just, I can't wrap my head around because it just sounds so unappealing. <laughs> so, you gotta put it out there. I mean, I just... I I really, when all this stuff with Jen Shaw came down, I'm like, wait, she knew this when she signed on to the show. This didn't, Erica didn't know this was coming when she signed on to Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, and I am, I am not going to couch that at all. There's no way she knew that this is the trajectory that, that her life was going in when she signed on. Jen knew that there had been this thing in the past. She knew that other people she worked with had been arrested by the feds and still signed on for the show. I don't, understand that decision. I don't know if we'll ever get an answer to that, but I, how do you make that decision to be like, yeah, bring the cameras in. Let's bring the questions. It's fine. Let's bring more scrutiny. It's wild. It's just, it's wild. It's wild. And she came out guns blazing. So it's not like, I mean, she yeah. just, I, I, there's no question that she still would have said yes. Even if it was advanced a year, she just, there's no way she loves those cameras. Two things before we go. First of all, I must say, I love my law nerd. Emily sent I'm a so lovely glad. box. No, but this, when all you say, I get to talk to everyone, all these fun people from now on, this gavel is my new favorite thing that you sent me. When I'm these so housewives, glad. I'm just going to be like this, like, no, I do not agree with you, Kelly Dodd. It's overruled. And you sent me this great box because of your you hit 200,000 followers, but now from the time you sent this out, you are over 600,000 subscribers. I'm over 600,000 on YouTube. So we had been prepping the 200,000 box. It had been, you know, my, my first growth on YouTube was about a six month period from like 5,000 to a hundred thousand. And I was absolutely blown away. And then the year following that we grew another hundred thousand. I was like, this is amazing. And we were printing up the boxes just to celebrate, not just the people who I've gotten to connect with and support me, but the community of law nerds as well. And then the boxes were almost done being printed when the Depp Heard trial started. And then everything kind of exploded again. And we went from 200,000 to 600,000 um, in, in a very quick span. It was, wow. I had, I didn't anticipate it, still don't anticipate it. It's, it's been it's been a little bit of a wild ride. My live streams, I mean, our our last Depp Heard live stream for the verdict, we had over 370,000 people on, on my live stream. And I was not the only person streaming it by far. It was, it, it was just wild. That's you never know who's watching. People. You never know who's watching. And like, all right, outside of Housewives, guys, like you just throw an A-lister in there in Hollywood. And it's like, I didn't realize it was just from the Depp Heard that you got like all this, it's getting another 400,000 people. Wow. Because the, just the visibility, I mean, 
day over day, we started with 10,000 people on stream and then 50,000. And then by the mid middle of trial, most days we were upwards of a hundred thousand people on stream. So it's just putting what I do in front of a lot more people because now people who aren't normally looking for pop culture law are looking for it all at the same time that I am online too. And so we all got to spend a whole lot of time together going through that trial live. I don't think we're going to see anything like it for another decade that there were so many moments in that trial that you're like, that just happened. Like the, some of the witnesses were absolute characters. You've got, you know, Morgan Tremaine from TMZ clapping back at Amber Heard's lawyer about 15 minutes of fame. And it was just, it was just all encompassing. It was wild. You have Kate Moss. I mean, you have Kate Moss testifying via zoom. It's that yes, this and that, but I was never hit. It was just like, it was like, wait, Kate Moss is speaking out. Like, wait a second. Like, let me just gather my thoughts here. Yeah. What just we've not seen a celebrity trial like it. You don't normally have cameras in the courtroom in a civil courtroom like this. There's normally not the interest or the need for it. And I think everyone got to learn a lot about how our judicial system actually works. And I'm still getting a ton of questions about this case. Like, what is an appeal? How does it work? And it really reminded me how much we don't break down our legal system and how it works for people. And they normally don't have a good insight of the legal system until they're impacted by it. And so it it governs so much of what we do in the US. I think there was a lot to be learned by opening up. This is how the process works. This is what a jury is. This is what rules of evidence are. Everyone knows what objection hearsay means at this point. I don't know if they know all the exceptions, but they know what the objection is. So- that's a wow. wow. See, you're just educating people, you know, it's anything else you want to talk about before we go. Thank you for spending your time. I swore to myself, this would not go more than an hour, but here we are. So I just, <laughs> I, I, I am respectful of your time. You know, I know I love getting to chat. It's I'm sure there will be more that we will chat about soon, but you know, if anybody needs to find me, I'm the Emily show podcast. I'm at the Emily D Baker all over socials. I cover pop culture and break down the legal part of it. So you never know. I don't get to have conversations with fun housewives. I don't think they want me talking about them. I think I imagine that the housewives are like, please don't talk about me. Cause I really only cover it if there's legal proceedings going on, but I watch all of it. Well, listen, one day you can, one day when there's less going on in the law, I can come back and we can just talk a little bit long and talk all about what's going on on the current season. Absolutely. Well, I hope we get to talk in person. You're going to be at BravoCon. Yes. Yes. You're going to be here all weekend. Yes. Okay. Well, we have, well, we're, I mean, then we're going to meet, I'm in the Hamptons for the summer, but I'm back in the city that weekend. So like, we're going to make it happen. You know, like there's a lot of, are you coming in just Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I don't know when I'm coming in. Like once no, you know. I don't. I think I'm coming in a little bit before that. Okay. So, so we'll like, definitely. We'll the last yeah. one was literally insane, but in the best way possible. So I want to do all the insane things and, you know, get to, I, A, I've met so many people through this coverage that I've only gotten to interact with on Zoom. I just want to see everybody that I get to have conversations with in person. And then there will also be housewives there. I'm very excited about all of this. And it's I cannot like, wait. I've oh heard that drinking will be involved. I cannot wait for that either. I'm ready for all the things. There's lots of, listen, with me, there's always drinking anyway. So like, don't worry about that. So you and I will meet and we can meet before. I know. And now this, I'm just like, God, but also for my coffee, for coffee, this is like, yes. I can drink my coffee all day, but I'm telling you this gavel is like literally life, but yes, Bravo con, we will meet. It's like two months away. So we'll do it. Amazing. So thank you again. I know your time is very limited. So I really, really, really appreciate this. And everyone needs to follow you everywhere. Thank you. Keep in touch. And I'm seeing you in two months. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. 
because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.